based on the number you have dialed. You have 930 minutes. Your call is being processed. Thank you. Hello? Hi, it's Keith. Hi. Because you can hear me okay? I'm trying, yes, I can. To, trying a new sort of setup that might be a little easier. Still really weird looking. Actually, this might be weird, I just realized. So I found this new area. I'm in the same uh, the same building, but I found these little phones that are kind of hidden away. But the only people that come down this hallway are going to the bathroom. <laughs> so I don't know if it's weirder that I'm doing this weird thing, standing at a phone with a recorder in the general population or in the weird bathroom alcove. I guess it's awkward either way, but... Well, if you get some weird, weird looks from people coming out of the canyon, you might have to vacate. Yeah, I feel like I'm more echoey also, but it's uh, it's more quiet in general, so uh, this might work. I don't know. Give it a try. See how it goes. Uh, <clears throat> remember that night you... Your, uh, that time you... About a month ago, you called me collect? Uh, you sure. Know what that yeah. bill was? Hello, uh, <laughs> should I guess? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm going to guess... Uh, I guess you wouldn't ask if it wasn't a lot, but I'm going to guess 10 bucks. $74. What? Are you kidding? How long could we have possibly talked for? They said 30 minutes. I, I guess. I don't know. I'm surprised. I don't know why collect calls... Why are they so expensive? It doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, it has something to do with the uh, U-phone from a third-party provider that is not Bell Alliant or Rogers. But I totally am. I'm at a Bell phone right now. Like, it totally was Bell. Hmm. Well, well, I guess this is Rogers here. Right. At, at home. Anyway, that's what it, it was. It wasn't that much before. It was about 50 or 60, I think, before. And they cut it in half, but they told me what was... This is like the third time. The first time you called me was when you had the fire. Right. That was Bell. They wouldn't give me any, any break at all. Yeah. Rogers was the last, second time, and I phoned them up and complained, so they cut it in half. Yeah, it was by uh, the CN Tower that time, I remember. Yeah, it was 60, because I remember my part was 30. But I don't think I can really call them this time, since I know. Right. <laughs> I know about it this time. Well, I guess, yeah, I definitely so will. Just fuck uh, it up. I'll definitely keep my calling cards up to date then. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a terrible price, but that's what they're... Their claim is that it's a third-party provider that has to be paid. Man, man, that's brutal. I guess price of paying business or, or price of doing podcasting. I don't know. <laughs> man, that is, that's insane. Like, that is so much. I would have figured, like, even, like, if it was, like, $30, that would still be outrageous. But I knew it was going to be high. I was expecting 30 So when the bill came in and it was, like, that much higher, I said, yeah, I knew what it was. So yeah, I went like, on and looked at it. And... Remember I was complaining, like, that uh, if I use my phone, uh, oh, yeah, I guess we should say, so this is a Thursday because uh, Monday I was busy, but I called you real quick just to reschedule, and I said, like, I don't want to use this phone because it's a quarter a minute, which, you know, that's criminal by itself. But what the heck is that, like $3 a minute or oh, something? yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I wouldn't mind if I was phoning from the Sahara or something. Yeah, I honestly think you could probably call people, like, on a space shuttle for that price. <laughs> like, <laughs> with modern technology, there's just, it makes no sense. There's no reason it should be expensive like that. Yeah, it's outrageous. Yeah, well, anyway, yeah, so I totally won't do that anymore. I always uh, cut it out of the episode, but each one of these always starts with, like, I get my recorder set up, and then I put in my calling card and all my numbers, so... I, it, it would might be it would be interesting to leave that in, but like today, it's like you have ten dollars. Your call can be nine thousand minutes. Like with a calling card, it's unbelievably cheap. It's like a penny a minute. So yeah. Well, that's what it should be. It should be uh, like my long distance program that I have. Like if I call you long distance, it's like 
you know, I don't know, a couple of cents a minute. It might, I don't, it might be five cents a minute. I don't think it's that much, though, but it might be. Geez, I wonder if I ever get stuck again without a calling card. Um, you know, in movies, like, people call payphones, but I don't see a number on this payphone. I don't know if you Yeah, do no, they, you used to be able to do that. Call back at a payphone. Like if, uh, oh, there's the number. I do see it. Maybe we could try that sometime if we ever have to. Yeah, it might be worth a shot. I always heard that they uh, you weren't allowed to do that anymore. But yeah, if you phone me up real quick and said the phone number blah 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 blah, and then I we hang up and then I call you back. Yeah, it certainly couldn't be any worse. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, the <laughs> trick we used to use though when I was many years ago going to university, uh, when we didn't want to pay anything, what we do is before you left home, you have like a code like that you'd call home and call collect and. Will you accept to collect a call from Barbara Smart? And the person on the other end would say, no, I won't. <laughs> right. But you knew that, I mean, if I was calling you, that was the thing. I call you, you know I made it back safe. Right. Yeah, there's a, that's, that's, a, that's a cool idea. Yeah, there's a whole ton of stuff like that. My favorite, uh, like, book about that stuff it was that book, Catch Me If You Can. Oh, yes, I love that book. Yeah, it, it was like that Spielberg movie with DiCaprio. Uh, I thought was good until I read the book, and then I watched the movie again, and it turns out the movie's like really dramatized and really uh, sort of saccharine and sappy. But that book wasn't at all. That dude was stone cold. Like, he was awesome. <laughs> he was like the grifter king. The thing with that movie, it was hard to believe that he was, I think he's like 17 years old when he gets his air, when he's, flying on the airplane right when he becomes a pilot it's like uh, no and especially Leonardo DiCaprio because he's a he's a young so young looking anyway in those in that movie yeah yeah and uh, from what I like from this book it was like the opposite of that where he did leave home at about 17 but he said everyone mistook him for older like he looked older which DiCaprio doesn't and uh, and he's he was like, you know, uh, I didn't really have that much against my family, but I really didn't miss him. Like, that's just my personality, was to go out in the world and just say, fare thee well. Whereas in the movie, like, he goes back to his mom's house at Christmas, and he stands outside the window, and he doesn't want to go in, and is so sad. It's like, Jesus Christ, Stephen. <laughs> like, come on. Well, they had to put the human element in there that, uh, you know, so that you'd sympathize with. Yeah, well, I understand. The whole family that, uh, thing and how he he just never really fit in. I understand they thought they had to, but it would have been a way better movie if they had stuck with the, the raw facts. But yeah, like, I always think of, like, because, yeah, he got crazy with his schemes as things went on. Like, it's just unbelievable, the stuff he pulled off. Like, do you remember the part about how he, uh, he was the head doctor on the night shift at this oh, hospital? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, on the emergency ward. Yeah, and all his credentials were fake, and... And he said that all of the uh, interns and or junior doctors liked having him around because anytime there was a problem, he always like let them do it. Like, well, uh, why don't you give it a shot? Let's see, what would you do? And they all loved him for it. Like, oh, it's great. He really lets us get in there and try stuff. But if anything had gone seriously wrong and someone had died or something, like he didn't know anything. <laughs> it's so crazy. But I always liked how it started. Like he got to those heights, but he started with just all these little clever things, kind of like what you were saying with the with the collect calls that most people don't think of. Like, I think the first one he came up with was uh, to write, uh, if you're sending a letter, don't put postage on it, and for the return address, just put the address you actually want it to go to, and they return it to where you wanted it to go in the first place. And all you're saving is a stamp, but just that kind of thinking. Like, who, yep. who would even think of that? Now, speaking of that, Canada Post, after... 
who knows how many years they've been in business, but they've caught up with that. And now if you send something to apparently a, a wrong address with um, not they, they don't they don't forward it on. Okay, so let's say I send something to you and you've moved away. Right. And and the person that's at your place knows your new address and readdresses the envelope so that it would go to you normally it would just be put in the mail and it would then be delivered to you. It doesn't go there anymore. Hmm. I don't know where they go. Yeah, that was an interesting thing too. Is uh, just uh, all the the stuff this guy came up with. Like it was also definitely a product of when did that happen? The seventies, but it was a while back, and it was like just a different world where now, you know, with the internet and everything, and computers and printers, like it was a lot harder for him to forge checks and whatever. But but so much harder for him to be caught because the system wasn't a tight knit thing and he could just slip through so many cracks and it was like crazy yeah, was anyway really smart cool. guy no question that fella yeah anyone anyone listening to this who hasn't read it uh, Catch Me If You Can by Frank Abagnale Jr. like forget about that movie like get the book it's so, yeah, so awesome yeah get the book it's excellent and it's a good segue though speaking of uh, the mail just as I was leaving the house today uh, I just got in the mail I, I, I wanted this for years and I finally found somewhere online to get it and I was like fuck it you know what I'm going to get one I got a Luke's t-shirt from uh, Gilmore Girls like it's the logo of Luke's Diner on a t-shirt how much was that? How much did that set you back? It was. see what happened is I was talking to my friend Rayanne who uh, we always go to that Gilmore improv thing there's another one on Monday and we're like the only two people that like Gilmore Girls. <laughs> so uh, so we were talking about it and uh, or just texting or whatever. And I was like, man, I wish I had a Luke shirt. Like, I always wanted one. And she was like, oh, man, like, you know, when I was going to leave Toronto, she was like, I almost got you one. But everybody told me not to because, you know, you don't like to have stuff. And I was like, oh, well, that's a good point, actually, because like... Uh, I don't know, this coffee maker that Joel got me, I still haven't even opened. <laughs> like, I just, it's better not to get me stuff because I just, I just don't need it. But that would have been sweet. And, uh, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it, man. Like, I'm just gonna, because I figured how I kind of justified it is if I get one shirt, there's no extra shipping for a second shirt. So I got one for her also. So we'll see oh, if. Wasn't that sweet? Now the two of you can go wearing your Luke shirt. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see if she's keeping up on this podcast because uh, that Gilmore thing is on Monday. So I'm hoping to surprise her with it. But if she happens to hear this episode before, then she'll know. But hey, either way, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that'll spoil it. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but it's uh, it was I can't remember exactly. It was about twelve, fifteen dollars. They weren't that bad because I had to go on Etsy, which is like this site where people sell handmade crafts, and uh, it's this guy who silk screens his own T-shirts. So he just has all these different designs, and he just makes each T-shirt custom to order. So uh, I expected it to be a lot more than that, and uh, and I just have money in my PayPal account that people have donated to me for podcasts and stuff. So it's just like funny money, like it's not just internet money i can't even make it into real money <laughs> you know because it's not connected to my bank account so it really didn't cost anything really but i just think it'll be cool because uh, i'm wearing it right now actually i'm just curious to see how long it'll take for somebody to recognize it because because <laughs> it's kind of the dorkiest shirt in the world but to me it's like the coolest shirt like anyone that knows this shirt like i think that'll be cool and, and you can't get them, you know, like you have to special order this thing. It's not like you can just go to a store and get a Luke shirt. Like this is a pretty unusual shirt, I think. Well, surely people that go to the improv show about... Oh, yeah, sure. Somebody will clue in, right? Oh, of course, everybody there will know it. That's the one place. But, but out in the world, like who knows? Like I always, 
like I would that suspect idea. out in the world, most people, they, they probably don't even know what Gilmore Girls is. Yeah, it's weird, right, where that stuff, like how fast things become uh, just just culturally irrelevant. Like, I think Gilmore Girls started in 2000. So, I mean, that was 15 years ago, <laughs> you know? Or like Buffy started in 97. That might as well be, you know, the 50s. Like, nobody younger than me knows any of this shit. But, uh, yeah, I was thinking, too, like, this idea of t-shirts, like, underground, you know, of, like, weird, obscure t-shirt logos. I like it in theory, but in reality, I think this one might be neat because if anybody recognizes it, it'll probably be a girl. So that'll make them probably less of a weirdo. But I saw a guy on the subway a little while ago with a really obscure wrestling t-shirt. It's this guy, CM Punk. He was, uh, he was like, he's a big-name wrestler. And he was on the verge of getting fired, so one time on since their Monday Night Show is live, it wasn't fully like going off the rails, but they basically told him to go out and air his grievances. They thought maybe it would, you know, they all just, they just want to make money, right? So they're like, well, you know, let's be honest, you're probably about to quit. Why don't you just go out and just say everything for real that you really think about WWE and Vince McMahon and how much you hate it? And it ended up working out great. Like it, it sparked his career and made everybody interested and stuff. But during his speech, he talks to his friend Colt Cabana, who got fired by WWE, because he says, like, oh, look at me, I'm looking at the camera. Vince McMahon hates it when you look at the camera. Hey, Colt Cabana, how you doing? So this guy, this is a, a boring, I know, <laughs> just wrestling nonsense. But anyway, this guy on the train had a shirt that said, hey, Colt Cabana. And I guarantee nobody else in that guy's life will ever know what that means. And I was like, whoa, like, I should go tell him that I know what that means. But then I took a second look at the guy, and he was the creepiest-looking weirdo. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sure he was fine. But that's, I guess, the problem with this idea of obscure t-shirt references. Is anybody who thinks that that's cool or would even wear a t-shirt that no one knows what it means is probably a weirdo. I'm probably a weirdo. I don't yeah, probably don't know when, how much when, of a weirdo I am. When it comes down that you're wearing a Gilmore Girls shirt, <laughs> right? Yeah, you might be kind of borderline there. Yeah, no doubt. But we'll see. We'll see if uh, if anybody. No, because like there'd be times like I was wearing a mindless self-indulgence. It's this uh, band, and I was wearing their shirt in New York, and like some chick just stopped me in the middle of Manhattan, like, "Whoa, cool shirt!" Like, I don't know, cool shirts sometimes can work. <laughs> but anyway, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Let me know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, one, oh, and uh, oh, yeah, I was gonna ask you: is is Thursday an okay day for you to do these? In you, Thursdays in are usually. Thursdays and Tuesdays are usually pretty good. I'm usually I'm usually kicking around. Because uh, well, I guess we could just do Mondays also. But, uh, yeah, it seems like I just tend to have a lot of stuff going on on Mondays. So I was thinking maybe maybe we if should try. If you want to try switching for Thursday, yeah, we could switch for Thursday. Yeah, okay, so let's switch to Thursday for a bit. Uh, although today Brad is on his way to my neighborhood. So so I'll, if I get a text from him, I might have to cut this a little bit short. But, uh, but you know, I live a million miles away, so it'll take a while. Um, so last time we were talking, we were talking a bit about slang, regional slang. So I looked it up and I couldn't find anything like what I'm thinking of as New Brunswick slang is more, probably not even, it's not New Brunswick slang. What I'm thinking of, I'm probably more thinking of like antiquated language more. And I, and I couldn't find a good list of stuff like that. Like everything I could find for Maritimer slang was like the way off the deep end, you know, real like deep woods Newfoundland type stuff. So 
Yeah, I don't know that we that we have special sayings. It, it's more the accent or cert, certain words that we pronounce. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, either it's like a kind of subtle thing, or it's just like booter on down the road. Like it's just too far, <laughs> you know. But the one that I saw on the list that did stand out to me because Mark says it is, uh, "What have you been saying?" <laughs> have you ever noticed him say Daniel that? Daniel says that all the time too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah, I know because I guess I only see Mark every like fucking three years or something. So it always stands out that he's like, you know, oh hey man, hey, what have you been saying? <laughs> so yeah. I always just when I saw that in the list, I'm like, oh yeah, I do know a guy from New Brunswick who says that. That was actually on the list. Mm. Okay. Yeah, as a specifically New Brunswick, even like it's that specific. Okay. <laughs> and I, uh, I kind of like that saying, really, because, uh, you know, I'm sure nobody who's saying it thinks it through, really. It's just a saying, a way people say, how you doing, uh, around there. But, but yeah, I, and we say, how, 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 yeah, how you doing a lot. Right. That, that's probably a colloquialism from around here. But I like what you've been saying because, uh, I don't know, to me, it kind of sounds like, uh, you know, because everybody's just kind of wandering around as a... I don't know, maybe this is a dim view of people, but really, I think people are, are way more... Like, I, this is going to sound bad, but I think, I think free will is kind of overstated. I think most people really are just kind of like biological programs walking around. Like, everybody can make choices, but most of the day, most of the time, people are just kind of on autopilot, and that's the only reason things work. All right, I'll tell you one that's a weird one. Um, I've heard a few people say this one now, um, and I don't know if it's an island thing from Campobello, but Angel says, and she's not the only one. There's other ones I've heard of. They'll say, right? They'll say, like, they'll make a statement like, I'm going out to, I'm going out tonight, right? Oh, yeah. Um, or, uh, or, uh, I'm coming back from the store, right? It, and, and it's a way of, it doesn't mean right. It means it, it's a way of confirming that you've, con- confirming that you've heard what they said. Right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but it's with a question mark after it, not like a like you said, right? Like uh, that's a, that's just right. Con- here, confirm it. I, I'm confirming it, right? No, this is uh, right. Like said like that with a question mark. Um, it's an odd thing. And another one is um, now this one. I don't know where this comes from, but Maureen Jeffries, who's from the Miramichi, as an expression says, "friggin' drawers." Now, what the heck does that mean? Not like n- she's annoyed about something. Oh, friggin' drawers. But not about drawers, like just about nothing? Who knows? I don't know if it's drawers, like a bureau drawers, or it's drawers like in your underwear. <laughs> I, I haven't got a clue what it is. There is a, one of the things on the, the Newfoundland list that's kind of like that that I liked was just saying poisoned. Like, ah, a bird pooped on my coat today poisoned <laughs> i don't know if they really say that but just means like i'm angry i'm upset about that which i thought was kind of neat well, i was thinking with right that made me think of uh like my friend terry he throws right into sentences but just like oh that's right hurting or you know i was i was right fucked up or whatever <laughs> you know like just to amplify it a little but uh, I want to say, I going to say too, just about the what have you been saying? Because like I kind of like that because it does seem like people people are just kind of wander around and they're just kind of babbling about this is what interest is. Here's what interests me lately. But you know we're all just talking to make noise most of the time. <laughs> so it's like yeah. So what have you been saying lately? Like what is what's your noises that are coming out of your face? I don't know. That's kind of how I think about that that thing. I think the most common one I've heard is how you doing. Yeah. 
Oh, and I was going like, to say... And, and you don't really want to know. <laughs> no, of course. <laughs> when they start telling you, it's like, oh, God, I wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> yeah, and I guess, like, with right, like you were saying, it's kind of like our stereotypical A, I guess. It's just a different Yeah, word. where people say that you're saying, that we say A all the time. Well, I don't know that that's true, but maybe it is. I honestly think I picked up A from... Like the way that they portray Canadians on TV saying A. <laughs> I picked it up a little bit. Throw in there every second word practically. Yeah. And then I think when I was in the States, you know, I kind of amped all that stuff up a little just to be fucking, just to be an annoying guy. There was a, for the Keith and the Girl stuff one time, there was like a Keith and the Girl roast DVD that they did where, you know, you'd like roast everybody else and whatever. So uh, this woman, Patrice, that also isn't friends with them anymore, because <laughs> as the years go by, I feel like I get more and more vindicated where everybody gets tired of dealing with them. But, uh, but her joke about me was that I was the only Canadian she ever met that uh, isn't friendly. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was saying it as a joke, but I mean, I think it is because I was so fucking bullheaded while I was down there and just like really taking America to task for every dumb thing and... You know, I don't know. I, I think it also, it was just, a lot of it was just being on this podcast where 50,000 people are listening to me. Like, it it makes you defensive, you know? <laughs> it's like, everything gets a little amped up, but... Well, it was a roast, so you really couldn't have responded, but the response should have been, yeah, and how many Canadians do you even know, lady? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, fuck you, flip a table. Right, the whole thing. Uh, so, let me see what up. Oh, you know what? Um... Yeah, actually, let's, let's, let's bring this up. This is something that, uh, geez, I thought this would be quieter over here, but it's like something very loud is going by. Overall, though, this seems to be working out okay. I kind of like being in this little alcove. Yeah, and I can't hear too much noise in the background. I can hear some kind of machinery. And when you first started talking, I could hear a ding sound. But I don't hear it now. Yeah, and, and to me, I, I mean, I think I sound very echoey, but it's hard to tell because I'm trying to monitor. We'll see as I listen back. But, uh... Yeah, so uh, maybe just as a little topic to not make this a super long show, but uh, I got real, real lost last week while I was walking around, so uh, I could tell you about that, but have you got any stories that popped to mind about times you were just lost? Times I was lost. I guess it would be different for you because it would probably be more like driving around lost, where for me it's all on foot. Oh yeah, I've had a few driving around lost ones where I've actually had to turn around and come all the way back. Or like just go back home and start again or whatever? You tell your law story and I'll think of something else if I can remember one that comes to mind. Sure. So for me it was weird because it's since it's all on foot, there's kind of a limit to how lost you can really be, you know? But it feels like I'm super lost. And the only reason this can really happen is because I don't have like a modern cell phone with a, an internet plan. Like nowadays everybody has Google Maps and you can just check a map and see where you are. But uh, I was walking around, it's this, uh, this river called the Humber River, and it's just gorgeous, it's really awesome. So I went to Old Mill Station and I started walking up this river, if anybody wants to Google map this and see the route or whatever. Uh, I got up to Eglinton Street, which is pretty far up, I started, yeah, Old Mill, so like Bloor up to Eglinton. And then I went up even further than that, and then I started looping around west, because I live at Islington. So I hit Islington, but I kept going west. Because there's like a Taco Bell somewhere over there. And I was like, if I aim this right, it's a little past Kipling. Like, Kipling's the, the last, last station. It's like, so if I go a little beyond that, I should be able to hit this Taco Bell. But what happened is 
that technically is where the city becomes Mississauga. Like I'm already in Etobicoke and it becomes Mississauga. And once you go past the border, the normal street grid totally evaporates and changes. Which actually, that happened to me in Vancouver once. I was walking around at night and I took a shortcut through Burnaby, which is the city next to Vancouver, and the same thing happened. I was lost for two hours because all the streets got weird. But I was walking along and I thought I was going south, but I had gotten onto some street that was actually east-west, and I didn't know. So I ended up just walking, thinking I was going the right direction, but I was going like to the left instead of down type of thing. And uh, I, when I knew something weird was going on, is air, airplanes started going by real low. So that's when I realized I was by that airport that's out there, which I've never been to that airport, so I really didn't know how at all. I guess I was there once, but somebody drove me. So I ended up walking, basically, thinking I was like, well, I'll just persevere and get through this. So I walked two hours in the total wrong direction until I saw a sign for Brampton. And I was like, all right, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, this is crazy. Like, Brampton? All I even know about Brampton is I think uh, Michael Sarah, the actor, is from there, I'm pretty sure. So I was like, all right, this is getting out of hand. But since I didn't have a phone, I couldn't check and see where I was or anything. So I had to, I was supposed to meet up with my landlady because she's been trying to organize for all the people that live in my house to go meet up one night so we can all get to know each other which I don't know I got enough friends I don't need to I feel like I don't need to do that but but I was gonna be late and I was gonna miss that so I texted her and was like look I don't even know where I am I don't know what the hell's going on like, this is ridiculous so I'm gonna be late but she helped me uh, figure out what uh, how to get back and she checked like on Google and it was a three-hour walk so she's like all right you don't want to do that and a cab ride would be like $50 but we figured out how to, just from her texting me, like what buses to take to get home. And it was like $6 even just for the bus ride because I was so far out of the city. But what's weird is after this whole day of walking, like this whole thing must have been like six hours of walking. It was ridiculous. I felt like I was so lost. Like it felt like Lord of the Rings. Like I just was walking and walking and walking. But once I got on the right bus, I got home in 25 minutes. <laughs> you know, it was no big deal. But it was I got a better one than that. It was fun, though, to feel lost like for a bit. It's just like, whoa, this is weird. So anyway, yeah, that's my story. Here's my last story. Uh, Denise, my sister Denise, mm -hmm. we went out to visit my sister Caroline in Winnipeg. So we were grown up. This is not that many years ago. So we're in Winnipeg, and we had said goodbye to Adam and Caroline, who were going north now to... to uh, uh, Pukatawagan Indian Reserve where they were teaching school. Right. So we had one final day afternoon in Winnipeg before we would catch the plane home the next morning. It was drizzling a little bit, but it wasn't too bad. So we said, let's go. Uh, and we were out by in the airport area. But we knew there was like a Best Buy store a couple of, you know, a couple or three blocks away. So off we go to the Best Buy store and we're in there and we're roaming around. And the problem with the Best Buy store is every entrance and exit on four or eight or I don't know how many sides, but they all were identical. <laughs> so instead of going out the entrance we had come in and going back to the airport, we went out some other entrance. No idea which one, because it looked just like the other one. Right. We got outside and we started to walk back to what we thought was the airport. We walked and we walked and we walked and we walked and when they say that in the west the distances are deceiving because the ground is so flat they're not kidding 
We walked, walked, walked. Started to pour rain. I've got on this leather jacket and my jeans and no hat or anything. Denise had on her beautiful little slicker like she knew it was going to rain. Uh, <laughs> she was well prepared. Little hat, the whole bit, and not me. Starts pelting down friggin' rain. We end up walking in an industrial section with all these big warehouses and uh, big parking lots. That's the worst, when you know you're in a part of town where no one is supposed to be yeah. walking. And we, we walked for a couple of hours. And we could see, sort of off in the distance, uh, what we thought was the tower for the airport, and we knew that the hotel was somewhere near there. Right. And we seemed to we'd be walking in that direction, but every it would, the street would take little turns, and we kept walking away from it. So finally, we said, we've got to find a, a phone booth. Well, there was no phone booths anywhere because we were in this big industrial section. So anyway, after a good long while and being soaking wet and miserable and legs like just like rubber bands so you couldn't walk any further, we did come across a telephone. We phoned a cab. The cab came to get us. We paid a fortune for that cab to get back. And do you know how far away we were? How far? Five minutes. <laughs> right. It was right there. When the guy came to get us, he said, like, where are you going? We told him. He said, oh, it's just right over there. <laughs> <laughs> we got in the cab anyway. <laughs> Man, the rain must have made that real bad, too. Like, otherwise it wouldn't be as bad, but fuck, that Yeah, because you couldn't look up. It was one of those rains where you always had to keep looking at your feet because when you looked up, the, the rain was pelting into your face and in your eyes. Oh, man, that's miserable. Yeah, so that's how we... So we got back, and we, it was Thanksgiving night, and we were supposed to go for this... Uh, dinner, Thanksgiving dinner, um, somewhere in the hotel. We just said, ah, screw that. <laughs> we were just, so, like as I say, the legs were literally like rubber bands. You just felt like you couldn't walk anymore. Yeah, it's, it's awful, too, like that, that, the getting into a weird part of the city. Like, that happened to me when I was walking past the airport, where it's like, just like walking by, like, under a big underpass, and some weird tr- trolley thing is going by, some tram, and I'm going by, like, a highway, and there's just, like, all these, like, bones of dead birds and stuff under this thing because no one ever goes there and no one's supposed to be there and it's just like god damn it <laughs> this is weird weird and unpleasant i had another one in uh, las vegas i was there just uh just a little while ago my friend marge was supposed to go with me but she backed out at the last minute so i just went by myself right had a wonderful time but the last day people had told me when you walk in las vegas like Again, like your legs feel like rubber bands because you, you, you start walking and there's so much to see and then suddenly you're so far away from where you should be, then you got to get back. So again, I went into, uh, I think it's the Mirage Hotel there. Beautiful, beautiful motel. It's my hotel. And you can go into all the hotels there and see all this, um, uh, oh, everything. You have to get everything under the sun in these places. Anyway, I was in the Mirage which was quite a distance away from where my hotel was. And I'm walking around, and again, entrances that are the same all (laughs) over the place. So I'm thinking, okay, that's the one I came in. I'll just go out that same one. Well, no, it was not the same one. So I come out into this beautiful little garden area, and I'm walking around, and I said, okay, time to walk back to the hotel. So finally I'm walking down the sidewalk, and I'm thinking, it doesn't quite look right here. And then I notice service trucks how come there's service trucks in here like this is this is not like the, the the main drag of vegas <laughs> so i figured i didn't get very far down the road with that and i said i'm not even going to try to find another way back i'm going back <laughs> so i went back and followed my footsteps but 
Yeah, that's a woman alone in Las Vegas, lost on the service roads of the Strip. Like, God, they find me dead somewhere. And that's that's my, my epitaph. Lost in the service roads behind the Strip, Las Vegas. <laughs> or you just become like some weird street person, like you just never find your way out. <laughs> you just adapt to life there. Yeah. But yeah, getting turned around like that, yeah, like that's, that's one of the worst things, like... Uh, it was hard to do in Vancouver because usually the mountains were right there, but it was possible. And here in Toronto, it's like if I lose sight of the CN Tower, that's how I get lost here. So even if I didn't have the fancy $80 a month phone plan, I feel like if I just had an old school compass that just told me which way north was, like that would help like crazy. Yeah, it would help. And Toronto is like, it's dead straight. Like, you know how in Fredericton, north and south aren't really north and south? In Toronto, it really is. North is fucking north. <laughs> so... But uh, as far as, like, the distances being deceiving, that happened to me once when uh, my friend Mike used to live in North York. Like, if you take Young Street, the Young Street subway up, he was almost at the end, like, second or third from the end. And uh, I left his house one night, and it was real cold and middle of winter, but uh, I was all bundled up and everything, and I saw the CN Tower, because it's way uphill up there, and the CN Tower looked the same as it always looks. And I was like, well, like, the CN Tower's right there. How far could this be? And two hours later, I was <laughs> really starting to regret deciding to walk. But I was going down Young Street. Like, I could bail out any time and just take a bus. But after two hours, I only had another hour to go. And I was like, I'm almost there. I'm going to do this. But yeah, it was a three-hour walk. But it looked like the CN Tower was right there. But then, I, I mean, CN Tower is enormous, so <laughs> obviously. Yeah, it's it, true enough. That's the problem with that uh, plan. But. So, yeah, and uh, since old Braddy's on his way... I figure I'll wrap this up. Mark, I'm on the phone. I'm on the phone. Well, there's Mark, eh? What's he saying? <laughs> um, but just to finish it off on uh, a uh, lowbrow sort of note, but I really do think this is interesting. This is something I saw on the internet the other day. Is uh, It was a thread on... Uh, there's this uh, website, Reddit, where people just make different topics about different stuff and talk about them. So this one was people that were deaf, like big time deaf, can't hear anything, have been deaf their whole lives. And it was a, a thread where they were asking like, hey, so how old were you when you realized people could hear your farts? <laughs> <laughs> it's something like I never thought of ever. But if you went your whole life and you can't hear them yourself, like some of these people were like in their 20s or older, because like, no one ever really tells them or if they do have a sense that it's kind of maybe something people can hear like they really don't know they can't even really conceive of like how good people's ears really are <laughs> uh, yeah i suppose they wouldn't i mean they would have a sensation of right art, you know coming out but yeah they they would not make a connection that they're there was a sound connect because they wouldn't know what sound was right so yeah some of the little tales that were uh I don't know, almost kind of sad were people that would say stuff like, uh, like, I know people can hear my farts, but I'm, I'm really good at, uh, like, masking the source of them, you know? Like, if I'm in a, an elevator, no one knows it's me. And then people would respond and be like, everyone knows it's you. <laughs> like, human ears are so good at telling where a sound came from. Or uh, another one was a girl said, uh, she's like, all my friends tell me that I... I'm good at making my farts sound like I just have a rumble in my stomach, like I'm hungry. 
And again, people would respond and be like, no one thinks that. No one has ever mistaken those two sounds ever. Like, your friends are trying to be nice, but but only we cruel internet people are telling you the truth, <laughs> you know? The thing I find is, yeah, like I said before, how would they even know what sound was? I mean, it's a word. They can read it. Um, and, and they know that it's something that your ears are supposed to hear. Right. But how? But I wonder how would they know what it was, though. Yeah, and that's uh, another just really weird sort of anecdote. Cause, uh, cause I do this too, where like if I have headphones on and I'm listening to music, I know that I'm like closing doors louder than I should and putting things down harder than I should just because it's unnatural to not hear the sound like I kind of compensate by making more noise and it's kind of like that too with people I know that are just loud like they just talk loud all the time like they definitely have just worse ears you know so they just think they need to talk loud all the time so if you were fully deaf like you'd just be banging around all the time like who gives a crap you know you're not hearing it at all (laughs) so so this one anecdote this guy told was he was at a funeral for a deaf person. So it was a ton of other deaf people there. And he said it was just weird because it's this somber environment of a funeral, but they were all just kind of like burping and farting and just (laughs) making all these noises that they never learned to suppress. And I was like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, because they don't know know what noise is. They don't... (laughs) Yeah, maybe somebody gives them... They can imagine it, but they wouldn't know what it was. Yeah, and they might get, like, a weird look here and again, but, like, the social cues are, like, that, like, you know, social pressure to, uh, you know, maintain a what we consider civility or whatever. It just wouldn't hit them like that because yeah. they just don't know. I mean, there'd be that look of maybe saying, like, like what? <laughs> What's your problem? What? Or maybe they think, like, oh, they, obviously they can smell my fart. Maybe that's what they're <laughs> mad about. They don't get that it really is, like, just loud. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting because, like... Like, without the internet, who would ever talk about that? Who would even think about it? Like, unless you are... Unless you are deaf and you've been getting those looks. It's kind of... But how would you equate it to sound? That's, 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 That's a difficult thing I have. Not, yes, the smell, yes, the looks, yes. But how would you equate it to sound? Or I'm sure, like, they've kind of learned throughout their life that like anytime there's a vibration that equals sound so they would know intellectually like I can feel this so this is making a sound but but yeah you don't really know what it's you know what sound is obviously some people are telling you by written word or whatever their hand signals that it is sound but but how do you know what I, I guess like how do you know what sound is it really is incredible too like I was just at the library today uh, doing some taxes I've almost got all my tax forms done but uh, this guy sitting next to me kind of gave me a a weird look and I didn't know why and I was like I wonder if because this library is quiet as hell maybe he can hear the music I'm listening to like maybe it's actually loud enough that that's bugging him I turned it down just in case so I mean if if ears are that subtle (laughs) you know and can like people can pick up on things like that or like if I'm up in my house at three in the morning like I can hear every little sound if anyone's upstairs I'm sure they can hear me like it's just so yeah if you're just fully deaf you're just a wrecking ball like <laughs> you just know nothing so that was my uh, my science fact that no one would ever talk about and that, that's the weird thing too is just because it's this weird little social taboo that we don't talk about 
so that extends to them but they they needed someone to tell them <laughs> to kind of lay it down and just like here's how it is but we got this thing like oh i don't talk about farts and that it must be like doubly just like it's a deaf guy i'm really gonna take my time to try to explain to the deaf guy how farts work like no one's gonna it's just never gonna happen <laughs> yeah that's uh the floor buffer just went by so i guess it's not totally as quiet over here as i thought but probably still better overall man that is a buff-ass floor he's buffing the crap out of this floor so all right but yeah that brings us to 40 minutes i think that's a good podcasty length well, and it sounds like, I mean, the sound the sound was much better than it's been for the last little bit. Yeah, I wonder if there's a, if this is a, the regular time this floor buff guy always comes by. Maybe I should try just calling you a little bit earlier. And uh, apparently he's done. And uh, yeah, and then we could wrap up a little before. Oh no, he started up again. Oh yeah, this is, a, he just went through a door. This is, I guess, where they, because this is this weird little, cul-de-sac and I guess this is the door the floor buff guy comes through yeah whatever I guess that wasn't that bad oh now there's another thing in the distance I think they're doing construction here yeah I guess it's because all the business people are gone so at the end of the day is when they do all the maintenance on this place but anyway yeah so getting lost and uh, deaf farts and what have you been saying that's all I had in my notes so (laughs) so we covered it okay well that wasn't a bad little session Cool, yeah, so let's aim for Thursday again next week. Okay. Nice. All right. Yeah, if anything comes up, just drop me an email or something, and now I'm going to go meet up with Brad. Okay, give him my best. I will. Okay. Uh, Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye.